Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. But today is a big day. Uh, I've actually been prepared to preach this message for about three months. I haven't actually preached in three months because of the schedule. And little did I know three months ago what this would look like now. I wasn't prepared to be looking at a camera instead of looking at people. Uh, But I read some tips this week of how to do this. And one tip said stare directly in the camera and don't pretend there's people in the audience. Uh, But there are some people here today. So if I look to my right and left, I'm looking at our worship team uh, that's here with us. And then also the other tip said picture your normal crowd in their seats they sit in. And I like that one the best because I could see all of you here and I'm hoping for the day uh, where we all get to worship here again. In fact, there's someone sleeping already back there that usually sleeps back there. But I encourage you guys to stay engaged today. Today is a big day on the church calendar. It's Palm Sunday. Uh, And what we do with big days usually is we're so familiar with the story, we're so familiar with the settings uh, that we've lost the meaning of what it means. So today I want to go into that story about Palm Sunday. And usually I remember as a kid growing up in the church in Maryland I went to, every Palm Sunday you'd go in and there'd be all these palm branches you can pick up, you can wave around. Uh, It was a joyous time. But here we are sitting in our living rooms on our phones and computers watching this. So today I want to make this a little interactional. Find some sort of palm emoji, a tree emoji, a plant emoji, and just post it uh, whenever you feel like it in the chat to celebrate Palm Sunday over the internet internet today. I know Martin's probably cringing right now that this is how we're doing this. Uh, but find an emoji you can post, find a tree emoji, and just post it in the chat as we celebrate Palm Sunday today. Uh, but it's easy to look at this story I'm about to go into uh, from Luke. If you want to, if you have your Bible or a Bible app, turn to Luke 19, uh, 28. It's easy to look at it and just sort of forget the meaning of it because we've heard it so many times. I've heard this every Easter season in my church. This is the message preached today, and we sort of lose its meaning. So today, I want to look at it a little differently and uh, just refresh what this story means. So uh, I do want to share a little backstory before this. So Jesus is coming to the end of his ministry. It's winding down. He knows this. Uh, His followers probably don't know this as well, but he knows it. So he's making all these plans uh, for the next week, for the Passion Week, where he knows the final part of his journey is heading to the cross. There is also an expectation now in the crowd and in his followers that they think this is the culmination of his kingdom coming. He's been preaching kingdom. If you look a few verses back, he tells a story of the king returning. And so they're thinking, this is our time. This is the revolution. Times are tense in Israel. They know they're supposed to be a nation. They have promises of being a nation. They have promises of being reestablished as a kingdom. And they think this is the time. They think Jesus is now returning to Jerusalem so there's all these expectations in the air, and that's where we start reading today. So we have to jump into that mindset today that these people are hoping for a literal king to free them from literal rule and to reestablish his kingdom. But as Jesus always does, he does it a little differently than anything. So let's read, starting in verse 28. And when he had said these things, the things he just said were a story about the king coming back to the kingdom, he went on ahead going to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany, 
At the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone else asks you, Why are you untying it? You shall say this, The Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went away and found it just as he has told them. And as they are untying the colt, its owner said to them, Why are you untying the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of it. I just want to stop there. That, to me, is one of the funniest stories in the Bible. And anyone want to try that right now in real life? Like, hey, sir, nice BMW. The Lord has need of it. I'll take that. And uh, luckily, uh, some scholars have researched into it. Jesus didn't steal this horse. They actually was in Bethany all the time. Uh, one of the leading scholars, N.T. Wright, actually thinks he prearranged this. The people knew what the disciples meant uh, when he said the Lord has need of this cult. They understood it was for Jesus. They knew who he was. They knew his disciples. So Jesus didn't break a commandment to do this. I just find it funny that, like, they used, like, a Jedi mind trick on them. The Lord has need of this. And they just gave him the cult. But I was just going to go blow past this message, this little section today, head on to the main chunk of my message. But I was in prayer this week, and something got, I got stuck on this for a little bit, and I think it's important for us to uh, to understand this today, Uh, something that's happening in this little section, that I love that they they note here that the colt has never been ridden before. And it, it just shows how Jesus operates, it shows how the kingdom operates, this horse wasn't qualified. It wasn't like, it didn't have a doctorate in riding people around. It wasn't experienced. It was just an unused plain colt. And when I say colt, some people think it's a donkey, so it's not even a pretty horse. It was just a, a plain horse. And that's what Jesus picked. He didn't, he didn't say, go find me the best stallion in the land. He didn't say, go find me the best Roman chariot to make my entrance. He picked a plain, unqualified-looking cold. And I understand, uh, I've been through this in my life. You're out there thinking today, the Lord can't use you. You're thinking, I have nothing to offer. You're looking at your education, your past, your inexperience, and you're thinking that you have nothing to give to God. You're thinking that God can't use me. And I have news for you today. The Lord has need of you. I really felt this in our prayer this week as, I mean, I've read this a billion times and I was sitting in prayer, social distancing prayer at the church on Wednesdays where we all sit really far apart from each other. And this stuck out to me because I was like, this is like, I dealt with this in my life where I thought I was nothing special and couldn't offer anything, but the Lord has need of you today. And this is usually the part where I'll tell you to turn to your neighbor and say something, but we're, there's no neighbors here. There's a few. Uh, but so in the, I want to make this as interactive as I can today. So in the chat right now, just type out the Lord has need of you. Because I really believe today there are people struggling uh, with their past, with their qualifications, they're thinking they're not good enough. And God is saying, I don't judge by your past. I don't judge by how qualified you are. I don't judge out of your experience. I look at you and I have need of you. So the Lord has need of you today. I just want to encourage someone out there today dealing with that thought that the Lord has need of you. But let's keep reading this story. And they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they sat Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. And as he was drawing near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. 
So we have this moment, and it's actually been prophesied before in the Bible about the king returning on a colt. So that the, when people saw Jesus riding in, they realized this is our moment. This is the time we're about to overthrow Rome. And so they start throwing their co- coats onto the donkey, and they also start which is odd in that day, throwing their coats on this dirty road for the donkey to ride in on. Uh, no one would do that. People didn't have like tons of coats back then. This is their main thing. So they held a worship service like no other worship service. They were shouting, singing praises, waving palm branches. Uh, and this was a great worship service. Multitude of followers, a multitude of followers singing, clapping, and shouting, blessed is the king. And yet... Just a few days later, some of the same people who were praising Jesus in that moment were also yelling, crucify him. Why? What happened? What happened that that shifted? And I think this is where it pertains to us today. Jesus didn't walk in and overthrow Rome in that moment. He didn't walk in and reestablish Jerusalem and Israel. In fact, if we read ahead, Jesus gets close to Jerusalem and says, probably one of the saddest things to those people on that day. And he says this, and he, when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, would that you even, you had known on this day, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. So these people are expecting a king. These people are appraising a king that's going to take its throne. He gets outside of Jerusalem and he foretells the demise of it that we actually see happen later on. There's no stone left. Every stone unturned. Imagine being those people today. I remember growing up, like when your parents would tell you that you're going somewhere and you think it's going to be this great experience and you get there and it's a bummer. Like imagine thinking a king's coming, thinking you're gonna get your nation reestablished, thinking this is the moment that we get out of the oppression of Rome, this is it, and Jesus gets there. Instead of, instead of prophesying a blessing over Jerusalem, he foretells of its destruction. And then he does another thing. So they're thinking, okay, this is a bummer. At least we still have the temple. At least we still have the way we worship. Jesus doesn't just stop at foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem and not establishing a kingdom. He goes to the temple. This is a staple of Jewish culture. They make pilgrimages there every year. This is their spot. And he walks in and he cleanses it. He overturns the people trying to make a profit off of it. And he says, this is now a house of prayer for all nations. So if you're thinking about it, the people of Israel... His followers are thinking, this is our time. This is our time for our nation to rise up. Jesus gets there, foretells of destruction, gets to the temple where they think they're worshiping their God. It's only them. And Jesus says, you know what? This is a house of prayer for all nations. So imagine the people's faces, their, their, their anger, when Jesus, instead of establishing them as a nation again, invites everyone into a kingdom and this is why, a few days later, you actually see in, in chapter 20, they start questioning his authority. Because they're like, wait a second, Jesus, are you, who gave you this authority to do this? Are you really who you are, who you say you are? Is this the purpose of you? Like, are you just another crazy Messiah figure that's come? Because you're not doing anything we thought you were supposed to do. And so 
They question his authority, and then yet a few days later, they start crying out to crucify him. And some even deny him. And this is where we come in. This is where I want to interject this into the, today. We, have, we are living in one of the craziest times I've ever lived in my life, of uncertainty, of fear. And, I'm, and I, we always have the tendency to go, God, are you still good in this? God, is this, like, maybe your expectation for 2020 was not this. Maybe it's all crumbling around. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go on vacation in a few months when I'm supposed to go on vacation. I love vacation. So everything, all these expectations are sort of crumbling around. There's no sports there's no Disney World. There's no outlet. that You can't go out to the mall anymore. And so 2020 has turned into this sort of bummer year right now. So we have the option right now of how we handle this and how we choose to worship Jesus through all of this. And so I want to ask this question today. Are we going along for this journey called Christianity? Are we, are we going along just because we have hopes that Jesus fulfills some of our desires, some of our dreams? Are we ready to sing praise only if Jesus seems like he's doing what, what we wanted him to do? Like, is that why we're doing this? We have to be willing to follow him through the good times, through the bad times, through suffering, through this pandemic, through the times where there is blessing and through the times where there is nothing. He is still king. He is still worthy of our praise. And we, we have this habit and I, I'm, I'm including myself in this. We make Jesus sort of the means to an end. We use Jesus as our ticket to heaven. That's what we think Jesus' purpose is. Like, oh, he's just the means to something. Jesus is not the means to something. He's not the means to the end in heaven. He is the end. Like, he is what we're aiming for. He is what we're going for. Jesus it can't just be used as a way to get something. He is that something. He is what we're going for here. And so we can, we can praise him all we want when we, when we have blessings. It's really easy. I know I can do that. When things are going great, it's easy to say praise the Lord. When things are going bad, I usually think he's abandoned my soul to hell. <laughs> like, it's an it's a opposite here. And what Jesus, what the story is telling us is that he's worthy of our praise regardless he will get us through things. That's what I love about this. Jesus is still king today. It may not look, it may not feel like it, but we still need to worship him as king today. He is good. He is faithful. And he is what we're aiming for. He is the end. He's not a means to the end. He is the end. I want to encourage you guys today. We are experiencing something that we've never experienced before where everything just looks dark. And I want to encourage you that there's still light shining Jesus is still shining his light, and we still need to worship him through this. And then we also still need to be the light through this. We need to partner with him through this and say, you know what? Your kingdom is still here. You did establish a kingdom. It may not look like right, what we thought it would look like right now. Man, I miss this church being filled. This is not what I want this to look like right now. I miss people being here. I miss high-fiving people. That's my main thing. I used to high-five people all the time. That's all I did. And I, I can't do it anymore. I have to do like a little leg kicked someone to not touch their hands. I miss, this is not what I thought 2020 was going to look like, but I cannot change how I worship him because of this. I cannot change my mindset because of this about who he is. He is still king. He is still on the throne, and we have to worship him like that. Uh, worship to me if you want to come up.
And there are, there are a few responses we can have to this today. And there's a few responses uh, that I wrote up that I think are perfect for today. Uh, the first one is, there is actually good news in all of this for people who think they're, uh, he came to establish some sort of exclusive kingdom for people. He didn't. So if you're, he didn't want just one group of people to experience him. He wanted, like he said, this is a house of prayer for all nations. So today, if you're out there and you don't know Christ and you think somehow it's a hard thing to get into, it's not. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be a part of an exclusive people group. He wants you in his kingdom. Your past doesn't matter to him. Your perfection doesn't matter to him. He wants you in this kingdom. And there is a loving God with open arms waiting for you and, and wants to rejoice with you today as you make that decision. So I encourage you, if, you, if you've never thought about coming to Jesus, if you've never thought about in partnering with him and joining his kingdom, today is the day. It's Palm Sunday. You can worship him today. Um, and don't look at your past. Don't disqualify yourself from the kingdom because he opened it up. When he cleansed that temple, he was telling people like, hey, Everyone's allowed into this. You're trying to keep people out by making a payment system. God's grace has no payment system. It's given freely today. So I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus, there's a good, loving Father waiting for you today. There's a God who you can praise in the good times and the bad times. He gives you, he gives you strength to get through the bad times. So I encourage you today, if you make that decision today to let Jesus be Lord of your life, please message us. Uh, I know it's hard. We can't pray with you today because you're at home, but please message us and let us know, hey, today is the day I entered into his kingdom, his loving kingdom. It's not exclusive. It's for all peoples. And then the second response today is for people like us who are Christians for a while. And our response today is to praise him regardless of what we're going through regardless of what life looks like right now, regardless of unmet uh, needs we have, our response right now in this moment, in this crazy time in the world, is to praise Jesus. And I love, if we go back to the story, the Pharisees try to quiet the crowd, and Jesus says this, if they are quiet, the rocks will cry out. And I love that picture because Jesus understands all of creation knows he's already king. All of creation is already worshiping him. They don't care what the world looks like. They know he's king and they're going to worship him. That's why he can say the rocks will cry out. Everyone's quiet. Stuff is still exalting me as king. And so I encourage you today, let's join in the song of creation. Let's join in the song for the King Jesus. On this Palm Sunday where we read stories of him being worshiped, of him being praised, of them throwing their possessions down, their, their prized possessions, their coat down so he can make way to Jerusalem. Let's do that today in our hearts with Jesus. I encourage you today. He's the God of, we, he's still God when we're up on the mountaintop and he's still God when we're down the valleys and things don't look good. I encourage you today as we go into this last worship song that you worship him today not because he meets your needs, not because you want something from him. You worship him today for who he is. He's king. All of creation right now is crying out, and we can join that song today. So let's praise and worship him today.